What's going on guys? It's Nick here. Back on the video and back with another rankings video. Remember, this season we're doing all the rankings in one video. I'll go game by game, talk about all the fantasy relevant players in each. So let's start things off with the Thursday night game where we've got Vikings at Eagles. This game has a high 49-point total Eagles touchdown home favorites. For the Vikings, Jefferson, Hawkinson definitely must starts. While Madison and Addison are very strong starts, uh, it's a poor matchup for Madison as a touchdown road underdog against an elite Eagles run defense. That being said, the usage was pretty strong in week one. He had 15 opportunities compared to only four for Ty Chandler. So I'm not expecting a huge game for Madison, but that level of usage on a good team worth starting as a low end running back too. Addison... The numbers are better, right, because he had that long touchdown, take that away, and it wasn't great, but that's the thing with Addison. He's a really good player. It's an offense that's going to throw it a lot. Those big plays are going to happen from time to time, and even with a 56% snap share, he's out there making plays, right? He's a really good player. That snap share is going to grow. Soon enough, he'll be at 80%, maybe 90% to close the season. Again, great offense. I think start him until he disappoints. Uh, other two viable players are Kirk Cousins as a streaming quarterback and KJ Osborne. Cousins, I think solid streamer, streaming option this week. Uh, he's my quarterback 12. He's probably going to have to throw a decent amount. You got to think the Eagles are going to score points, push the Vikings offense. Uh, so I'd stream him. And then Osborne down my wide receiver 57, even if he's going to play a decent amount of snaps to start the season. There's so many good players on that offense. The target share is not going to be great. And so I would not play Osborne. Uh, Eagles side, basically everything's pretty straightforward besides the ground game, right? You know you're starting Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard. I know Goddard had nothing in week one, but you're still starting Dallas Goddard. Uh, none of them really played that well, but, you know, it was a rough outing at New England in the rain, right? That's going to be one of the toughest spots they play in all year. They'll bounce back this week. The running back room is really what you need to talk about. Um, if Gainwell is good to go, which I don't think is going to happen, so I'll mostly assume that's not going to happen, but if he's good to go, uh, I think he's like a fringe starter this week, kind of like a a low-end running back too, but a very, very low-end running back too, more of a flex play, but then you don't want to play anyone in your flex on Thursday night, so you'd be forced to play him at running back two, which means you'd be forced to play a different running back in the flex. You might not want to, so not a great situation there. Um, but I don't think he's going to play. So given that he's not going to play, who knows? We honestly just need to see reports on Thursday night about what's going to happen. My guess is that they're going to activate all of Penny, uh, DeAndre Swift, and Boston Scott. They'll all be active. Uh, that people will assume that Swift is probably going to take on the Gainwell role. I don't think that's fully going to happen. I think... Swift will assume most of the passing down work will be used in a few different packages in the red zone, but that Penny and Boston Scott would kind of split the early down work. But again, it's a random guess that I have just based on knowing this team a little bit. There's going to be a report. At some point Thursday night, we are going to find out kind of what the split is expected to be. I will adjust the projections, and you guys can just look at that and see what the updated projections are, where they are ranked in your scoring format, because it's really just impossible for us to know right now, but my guess is it would be Swift, then Penny, then Boston Scott, with Swift probably being the only one you want to start, but again, we don't know yet, and so we'll see what happens all just from there. Sunday games, going to kick off uh, with the... Probably the best game of the week, I, I would say. Uh, honestly, the first two games we're going to talk about are probably one of the better two games. But I would say best game of the week is 
Chiefs at Jaguars, 51 point total is the highest total of the week. Chiefs, only three point road favorites, should be close, should be high scoring, should be fun to watch. For the Chiefs, my guess is that Kelsey plays. Um, I don't think much changes whether he's in or out as we kind of like talked about a little bit last week in videos. If Kelsey's removed, you just take those targets and you split it amongst like 10 players. And so everyone gets like one more target. doesn't really change their projection that much. So it doesn't matter too much if he plays or not. If he plays though, obviously play him, obviously play Patrick Mahomes. Aside from those two, the next best projected players are Isaiah Pacheco as a running back, 28. Then Rasheed Rice as the wide receiver, 52. Tony, 54. McKinnon running back, 41. So for the most part, not amazing plays. Pacheco, fine. But he's also sort of a low upside option. You kind of know they're not going to overload Pacheco with many touches. So even if he scores, he's not going to be someone that's just going to like decimate your opponent, score 30 points, right? That's just not even in his range of outcomes, really. So quality low or high floor play, low ceiling play. Uh, but if you weren't playing Pacheco, that would not be the end of the world. Um, I would honestly say Rasheed Rice looked like the best wide receiver on this roster. And if I had to guess right now, I would say that he's probably the highest scoring wide receiver in fantasy on this team at the end of the season. Uh, but I still don't think like if Kelsey plays, I don't know. I don't think any of these wide receivers are worth starting until one of them separates. Maybe Rasheed Rice starts to separate, starts to get a higher target share. We'll start him. But for right now, let's just watch the games, see if anyone separates, and then we'll go from there. For the Jaguars, uh, Lawrence Ridley definitely must start. Uh, Evan Ingram last week we talked about a tough matchup, not expecting him to go off. This week gets a much better matchup, actually has the best matchup among the skill players for the Jaguars. I'd look for him to have a bounce back this week. I would definitely play him. I'd also play Travis Etienne. Was having a rough game before that long touchdown run. Looked amazing on the touchdown run. Still looks like a very good player. Obviously, the concerns we talked about in the offseason are there, right? Tank Bigsby did steal the goal line look, did look really good stealing the, the play before and the end up uh, scoring the touchdown, like looked really good on both plays. That's going to hurt the upside of Etienne, but it doesn't make him a non-start, right? It's a great game environment. He'll still see a lot of opportunity. So I'd play Etienne. I still would not play Tank Bigsby. Um, great upside play, great handcuff, but not a standalone play right now. Uh, the big question here is probably Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. Zay's going to be out there a lot more. But obviously, like given like given a snap where both of them are on the field, you'd rather have Christian Kirk. He's a better player. He's going to just have a higher production. Zay will be out there more, so they're kind of even in value. Um, unfortunately, our fears from the offseason are a reality. Kirk is only playing in three wide receiver sets, uh, so he's not going to see a high snap share. He played, what, like 60% of the snaps. So that's not amazing. Uh, right now, I have Christian Kirk as a wide receiver, 43. Zay Jones, 47. So... They're probably ideally like second flex spot plays, maybe like flex in a league where you have three starting wide receivers. Um, I don't think we should panic on Christian Kirk. Uh, he's not going to have 17 receptions all season. But again, the upside is limited if, you, if he's only going to play like 60% of the snaps. Uh, next game up of the game I talked about being pretty good is Raiders at Bills. Another high total game at 47 points. Bills, nine point home favorites. For the Raiders... We will see what the status of Jacoby Myers is, um, but regardless, it is a very consolidated offense, and that makes it very easy to break down. Jacobs, Adams, Myers are all must-starts when they're all out there. If Myers is out, just have Adams and Jacobs. We're not 
taking any like backups here for Myers. Um, those three combined for 41 opportunities compared to five total opportunities. So an opportunity is a carry or a target. 41 opportunities for them, five for every single other player combined, not counting Jimmy Garoppolo. So crazy. Like that is a crazy consolidated offense. It's, you know, not an awful matchup for Adams and Myers, especially since we know like, Yes, Buffalo is a good defense. Yes, Buffalo is playing at home, but the Raiders are going to probably lose this game. They're going to be down. They're going to have to throw the ball in the second half. So decent spot, even though the efficiency will be lower. The volume should be there. Uh, but yeah, watch the status of Myers because he did leave last week's game after taking a huge hit. Uh, for the Bills, they had a rough matchup, obviously, at the Jets last week. They should have won that game. They did not. Um, we should cut them a little bit of slack because, again, the Jets have a phenomenal defense. And so playing in New York against that defense is difficult. This week, much better matchup, uh, especially for the running backs. The Raiders are the seventh best matchup for opposing running backs. Uh, I have James Cook as a running back 17 right now with Latavius Murray and Damian Harris. Not really seeing enough volume to be viable in really any league size. Uh, aside from Cook, Allen, Diggs, Obviously going to be must starts like you're playing them every single week. The question is really with Gabe Davis, Dalton Kincaid, and Dawson Knox. All are kind of fringe plays. And I would just say all kind of hinge on your team, hinge on what you need. If you want that super high upside play, play Gabe Davis. But you have to understand he could score three or 30. Like either one of those are probably equally likely. Eh, I don't want to say equally likely. I would say Gabe's much more likely to, to score three than 30. But I will say he's much more likely to score 30 than a lot of other people. It's just unfortunately he's also much more likely to score three than a lot of other people. It's like he kind of only does one of those two. Um Kincaid knocks my tight ends 18 and 23. But if you look at the tight end rankings, there's almost nothing separating the tight end 10 and 23, right? There's one point. One total half PPR point is separating. So one catch of five yards. The tight end 10 and tight end 23. They're all the same play. Uh, you're all just you're just hoping for a tight end to score a touchdown. If they don't score a touchdown, they're not going to be good. Um, but yeah, that whole range is just pray for a touchdown. Bills, they're tied with the Eagles for first and projected points this week. And so either one of these two, Kincaid or Knox, could absolutely score. Uh, my guess for who's going to be the better producing is Kincaid. He's more of that receiving threat. Uh, but either one of those two, I think, is totally fine. Even though they're ranked pretty low, either one of them can definitely score a touchdown. Uh, Bears at Bucks is up next. Low 41.5 point total. Bucks three point home favorites. For the Bears, only Fields is a must start. Uh, DJ Moore is a quality, like low end wide receiver to play. Um, I wouldn't get too discouraged about week one. I promise you, he's going to lead the Bears in target share. He's going to have far more than two targets per game that he had last week. Um, the low passing volume is for sure a concern of this offense. But he's going to have better games. Um, you should definitely play him this week. If he has a few more really low um, target total games in a row, then we'll be concerned. Uh, but this is a Bucks off or defense that forces teams away from the run. They're really good against the ground game. So historically, they force teams to throw it at a much higher rate. That's just going to help out more. Uh, they're the fifth best matchup for opposing wide receivers. Again, I'd start him. Wouldn't start any of their secondary wide receivers. Uh, brutal matchup for the running backs, though, because obviously if they're forcing teams to pass, it's because their run game is so good. Um, also, given that we just saw a three running back committee, four if you want to throw fields in there, like there's just not enough volume for any one of them to hit. 
Sure, one of them could score a touchdown, and whenever someone scores a touchdown, they'll be viable in fantasy, but who knows which one it's going to be, and who knows if any of them are going to score. I wouldn't feel great about the running backs. Um, also, a decent matchup for Cole Clement. He did also just have seven targets on a 97% snap share, so I think he's a pretty good streaming option. He is the tight end 10. I was talking about difference between 10 and 23, not that much. But he projects pretty well. Uh, I would definitely stream Kincaid, or I would definitely stream Cole Clement if you have him. Uh, for the Bucks, I think Rashad White, Evans, Godwin are all going to be must starts. Um, I say I think because they're not the typical must start that I kind of talk about. You know, when it's a must start, it's like Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. It's like I know that 100% of people are starting him. I guess technically 100% you aren't going to start White, Evans, and Godwin, but they're all very, very good plays. The odds are for where you drafted them, you probably are starting them, and I don't think anything in this matchup is going to have us not starting them. The Bears are the fourth best matchup for opposing running backs. Um, White was awful in week one, but he also had 19 touches. He played 79% of the snaps. That was the second most of his career. I still fear Sean Tucker long-term, uh, but short-term, I think you got to play White until he doesn't have a ton of touches. And then Evans, Godwin, they combined for 16 of the team's 30 targets. That's over a 50% target share combined, 53.3. That's significant volume. I think you just got to play those two. Packers at Falcons is up next. This game has a low 40.5 point total. Packers 1.5 point road favorites. For the Packers, uh, Aaron Jones suffered a hamstring injury on his long touchdown reception last week, right at the end of it. Pretty unfortunate. Uh, the team downplayed it. He downplayed it. But it's still a hamstring injury. Those should pretty much never be downplayed. So we'll see if he's good to go this week. Assuming he is, you start him. Um, if they're confident enough in a hamstring to put him out there and not rest him for a week, we have to just play him. He's, he's too good of a player not to play. Um, but honestly, he'd be the only Packers that's like a, a must-start only Packer. That's a must-start. Behind him, you could play A.J. Dillon. And A.J. Dillon would be a good play if Aaron Jones is out. But if Aaron Jones plays... Low end two, you're praying for a touchdown. Who knows if he's going to score a touchdown, really? Uh, not a very exciting play, but again, get him into lineups if Aaron Jones is going to be out. Um, it is against the Falcons team that is going to play slow, is going to run it, and so there's definitely a chance that, you know, if the Falcons get up or if the Falcons are, like, close in this game, that the just total plays are down. Combine that with the Packers themselves. We knew with Aaron Rodgers that they would drain the play clock every single play, get it down to three, four seconds, then snap it. They did the same thing with Jordan Love, which is pretty unfortunate. So this is a game that could have dangerously low plays, which is not a good thing in fantasy. Um, so I think for the Packers side, you're just sticking to Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon if Aaron Jones is out. If you want to stream Luke Musgrave at tight end, that's fine. Falcons are the fifth best matchup for opposing tight ends. Even in his rookie um, week one, it was good. I mean, he had a good snap share. Like, the production wasn't amazing. and should have scored that touchdown. Uh, but he played 75 certain snaps. He had four targets. Like, he had a strong role as a rookie in week one in a good matchup now. So I think you play him. But again, I'm a little bit scared of the total plays for this team. Uh, and then for the, the wide receivers, Atlanta's a bottom three matchup. Um, they actually spread the ball around a lot more than I thought they would last week. Eight different players caught patch passes. Like until someone has a significant target share, um, I think I'd keep all Packers wide receivers on the bench. The Falcons, our old friend Arthur Smith was back at it again with his shenanigans. They led a Panthers team that was struggling mightily stick around into the fourth quarter uh, and just decided not to use three top eight picks on offense uh, rather just you know 
close the game and just see what happens when things are close against a terrible team. That's not going to work against a lot of teams in the NFL. Uh, that resulted in Drake London and Kyle Pitts seeing uh, the same four total combined targets as Mac Hollins. Luckily, uh, at least Bijan was able to escape a little bit. He had decent usage, and you got to think the usage for Bijan is going to increase every single week. He looks incredible. He's going to be amazing this season. Play him every week regardless of the matchup. And honestly, until the usage is different, play Algier too. Uh, this is a totally fine matchup. Um, they have a potential to win this game. Like, Algier looks good last, look good last year, look good this year. Good offensive line. Play Bijan, play Algier. I think keep playing Pitts because, I mean, we talked about how tight end is a wasteland. You're just praying one score a touchdown anyways. He's got plenty of upside. He can score a touchdown too. Could absolutely dud again, but again, so could every single tight end. Look at the top five tight ends right now. It's not pretty. Top five of tight ends right now are Hunter Henry, Hayden Hurst, Donald Parham, Blake Bell, and Harrison Bryant. So just play Kyle Pitts and see what happens, honestly, until we get better plays at tight end. Um, if you really want to bench Pitts, I think it's fine. Uh, if you wanted to stream one of the ones we talked about, like if you wanted to play Cole Comment over him, sure. Uh, but again, the projections won't be that different. I actually do have Pitts projected higher, even given the potential for a very low volume game and not many pass attempts, but it is what it is at tight end. Honestly, big decision here is with Drake London. Uh, Packers are a negative matchup for wide receivers and a plus matchup for running backs. So again, in a winnable game that could be low volume, I mean, Arthur Smith's going to look at that and be like, wow, we're at home. It's a good match for running Max. Let's just keep running the ball, keep doing that. So not expecting a ton of targets for London again this week. I think at this point, bench London until we see the offense throw the ball a little bit more. I will say this, though, like they're not going to throw 18 pass attempts per game, right? They were historically low last season, still above that mark. This was the lowest that um, Desmond Ritter had thrown for only in his five starts. But the point is, even looking back to last season when they're running it, like last week was embarrassingly low for pass attempts. It's going to go up in the future, but I still would not play Drake London until we see that actually happen. Seahawks at Lions. Up next, 47-point total. Lions, five-and-a-half-point home favorites. For the Seahawks, Metcalf is their only must-start, but Ken Walker's a solid play as a low-end running back, too. I think I'd get him into lineups. Uh, I'd also be fine with Lockett or JSN in the flex spot for my wide receivers, 31 and 34, respectively. Detroit, fourth-best matchup for opposing wide receivers. And all three Seattle wide receivers are fully capable of really big games. Didn't play out in Week 1. They played awful. They looked like trash in Week 1. They're a good team. I can't imagine that happens all season long. Again, I think I'd feel good about playing that core there. Uh, for the Lions, Munner St. Brown, Gibbs, Montgomery, all must starts in my eyes, especially with Seattle being the second easiest matchup for opposing running backs. Outside of that core, I would probably stay away. I think Sam Laporte is fine to stream if you want to throw him into the streaming conversation. Uh, nothing stands out about the matchup, uh, but he's in that general 10 to 23 range where if you think Sam Laporte scores a touchdown this week, go for it. Uh, also, both quarterbacks are fine to stream. Gino is my quarterback. 13 right now. Goff, my quarterback, 14. I'd be happy using either of them in a 12-team league. I would play Daniel Jones, Tua, Anthony Richardson, and Kirk Cousins over them. But after that, I think both those two are good options. Next up, we have Chargers at Titans, 45-point total. Chargers, three-point road favorites. For the Chargers, Herbert, Eckler, Allen, all must starts, assuming Eckler is going to play. Uh, he's got the ankle injury. 
it seems like he's going to play, but also they're going to reevaluate it when he's hopefully back at practice on Thursday. But they're going to reevaluate on Thursday when you guys are watching this. We will see what happens. It'll probably come down to the wire, but if Eckler plays, always play him. Uh, I'd also play Mike Williams this week. Uh, he had a mediocre game last week, but it wasn't terrible. Uh, but the Titans, uh, historically, are just always a phenomenal defense on the ground. So even if their pass defense isn't terrible, they force teams to throw it. This is a team that we know is perfectly fine throwing the football, uh, and they are now the number one matchup for opposing wide receivers because of that. It's not because they allow teams to be highly efficient. It's that well, when teams try to run the ball, they're horribly unsuccessful, and so they kind of have to throw it, and the wide receivers benefit because of that. Um, everyone else I would bench. Quentin Johnston, like, we'll play him later in the season when he breaks out, um, but not yet. Can't trust the tight ends are in a kind of rotation. And then Joshua Kelly, this is just... Um, Eckler. I mean, if, if Eckler is going to be out there, you can't play Kelly in like a horrible matchup. But if Eckler is going to miss, definitely start Kelly. Don't expect amazing production because, again, the matchup's bad. But if, you know, Eckler is going to miss this game, that's why you should have Kelly as a handcuff. For the Titans, Derrick Henry only must start. Hopkins is a strong start. He's my wide receiver 22. I think I would play him. He's coming off a 38% target share. Outside of those two, though, your only real option is Traylon Burks. Um, I do think he's going to have some solid games this year, uh, but the matchup is fairly neutral. He's coming off a 9% target share game. I think it was like 8.8%. Uh, I would rather just wait for him to kind of more produce in that like 15 to 17% target share range before trusting him in your starting lineup. Chig is fine. Um, I think we'll use him at some point too. I don't think this is the week. Next up, we've got Ravens at Bengals, 46.5 point total. Uh, Bengals, 3.5 point Home favorites. For the Ravens, Lamar, Andrews must start, assuming that Mark Andrews is going to play this week. Obviously, check out that one before Sunday. Uh, the running backs are in a tough spot. They're on the road. They're underdogs. It's against an above-average defense. Dobbins is done for the year, so we're expecting a rotation between Gus Hill and Melvin Gordon. We're expecting Lamar to also obviously steal work on the ground, so it's the same thing with Chicago. It's basically like a full running back rotation, so... I would probably bench all Ravens running backs personally. I know a lot of you kind of went after Gus or Hill and Fragency, but it's not a great spot for any of them to produce. You're praying for a touchdown, and maybe that happens. If you need them in deeper formats, sure, I'm not going to play them. Uh, as for the wide receivers, Flowers had an incredibly strong role in week one. He is a quality play in the flex spot, and he looked Great. They're going to manufacture touches to him. He's going to be really good with the ball in his hands, really good at creating yards after the catch. Honestly, I'd play him until he disappoints us. Uh, behind him, you've got Odell, you've got Bateman. I'd leave him on the bench. Odell had a way higher target or um, snap share than we thought, but a very low target share. And if Mark Andrews is going to be back, he's going to push that back even more. So Odell Bateman, I, I wouldn't touch either of them, especially Bateman did not have the snap share we were hoping for. Hopefully that was just like him not playing a lot in camp and coming off that foot injury and it'll go up, but we'll see. Uh, for the Bengals. You have to imagine they're going to play better this week. They basically can't play worse. So at, at worst, they'll play equally bad as they were last week, which was awful. Um, unfortunately, it is another divisional matchup. It's one of the good defense. And we know these divisional matchups are typically, you know, closer, maybe lower scoring than usual. Uh, but this offense is just too good to play that bad again. So Burrow, Chase, Higgins, Mixon, get them back into the starting lineup. Keep playing them. Uh, I don't think you're touching anyone else. Maybe go after Irv Smith. We talked about him in the waiver wire video, but... We talked about being like, watch him in the waiver wire video. Uh, the role was technically strong in week one, but he didn't look that amazing. The targets are pretty low ADOT. 
Let's see if he can continue keeping up that target share. Let's see if he can work a little bit downfield. Let's see if you can look better before starting him in your starting lineup. Uh, or trusting him, I guess, in your starting lineup. Colts at Texans is up next. This game has a 40-point total. Colts, one-point road favorites. For the Colts, no one is a must-start. Richardson, Pittman are strong starts. I'd probably play them if you have them. Uh, and then Zach Moss is a really good play if he's healthy enough to start. Deion Jackson was terrible in week one. Evan Hall's now on IR. Jake Funk is bad. So Zach Moss will be the starter when healthy. And he's honestly a pretty decent player. We were on Zach Moss years ago when he was on Buffalo. Never really worked out. Kind of played through injuries. Never really got that role. I do genuinely believe Zach Moss is like a quality NFL player. Not an elite player, but a decent one. And so if he's active... Um, it's a good spot against a Texans defense that is much more attackable on the ground than they are through the air. And so I think he's a great ad this week. I think if he starts, you start. For the Texans, uh, there are no must starts, but Nico's a really strong play given his role in week one. He had a really good target share, and those targets were deep downfield, had a ton of air yards. We love that in fantasy because it comes with upside. Cool if you have a 25% target share, but even cooler if it comes on deep plays downfield. Uh, and then Damian Pierce, fine as a lone running back too. Uh, that role was not what we expected. Um, worse role in the receiving game than we thought. Worse role on the ground than we thought. Also, Houston was more pass heavy than I anticipated, but good enough player where I think you stick with him for now. If he continues playing poorly, sure, maybe put him on the bench. Uh, but right now, I think I'd still start him. Four o'clock games kick off with Giants at Cardinals, this game has a 40-point total, Giants 5.5-point road favorites. For the Giants, Daniel Jones, Saquon, Darren Waller are all must-starts, and I wouldn't play anyone else. The Giants played um, pretty terrible on Sunday night, but in the rain against Dallas, like a lot of teams going to maybe not look that bad, but going to look bad facing Dallas this season. Cardinals, a significantly worse team overall, but a significantly worse defense, especially make sure you keep starting the core of the Giants, but don't go towards the wide receivers yet. Uh, for the Cardinals, really only have interest in James Conner and Zach Ertz. I hate that Ertz is a thing, but he had a very strong role in week one. The Giants are the second best matchup for opposing tight ends. I think he's a top 10 tight end play this week. I would start him. And then Connor, never going to be efficient. Um, matchup is mostly neutral. But if he's going to keep seeing this many touches, like the role is strong enough to where I don't care what the matchup is. I don't care if he's inefficient. If he's getting this many touches, just keep starting him. Next up, we've got 49ers at Rams. 44.5 point total, 49ers, 8 point road favorites. For the 49ers, McCaffrey, Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, all must starts. Purdy's my quarterback, 14, right behind Geno and Goff that we talked about before. So if you want to go there for streaming quarterbacks, that is fine too. Uh, but it's an elite offense, it's consolidated. We love that in fantasy, right? Start all of them. Um, they're not all going to go off every week. They can't, right? Even when they score a billion points, they can't all have great games. But it's unlikely that any one of them has like a few bad games in a row. And because they have that upside, because it's such a good offense, I think you've got to just play them all each week. For the Rams, Puka, Tutu, Kyron, they all went off last week. But this is the 49ers defense. We do not want to start fringe players against this defense. So while they all did make for good waiver wire ads, while Puka is likely to have a decent game, if he's going to keep up that, you know, opportunity share He's going to have a decent game. Um, ideally, you only want to play him in the flex. Uh, and though, 
realistically, if you were playing at wide receiver two, I mean, what did you draft, right? If you were picking someone up right now to play wide receiver two, did you miss on like all, what, six of your wide receivers in the draft? That probably did not happen. So unless you had injuries, he would only be in the flex at worst. Um, he grades out as my wide receiver 23 right now. But as I make adjustments this week, my guess is it ends up closer to like 28 or 30. He's a flex play. I don't think he's a wide receiver two this week. Uh, and again, it's kind of tough to trust any of the Rams. So I'd really only play Puka this week. Doesn't mean they were bad ads on free agency. Just this week, it's tough. Uh, up next, we've got Commanders at Broncos. Extremely low. 38.5 point total. Broncos, 3.5 point home favorites. For the Commanders, Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin make for good wide receiver two plays to flex plays. Like, ideally, always, it's always ideal if someone's on the fringe, you play them in the flex and you have a better wide receiver two, right? It's all ideal. It's not always going to be ideal when you start putting together your starting lineup. Uh, so I'd be fine with either one of them in either of those two spots. Um, only an average spot this week, but both are elite players. They both have really strong roles on this team. Again, I'd be fine playing both of them. If I had to choose one, I would say Dotson, but again, fine with either. Um, only other commander I'd play is Brian Robinson. He dominated the carry split and was just as involved in the passing game as Gibson even catching a touchdown, which Jahan Dotson was wide open over the middle for. Anyways, uh, Robinson's not an elite player. I don't even think he's a very good player. And quite frankly, he's never really earned the role that he currently has. But he has the role. And it's the same thing with James Conner. If they're going to force feed him all these touches, yeah, he's one of the most inefficient players in the NFL. And they probably should not be giving him this many touches, but they are. And so he's a low end running back too. For the Broncos, no one is a must start. Uh, Javonta Williams is the closest thing to a strong start. Uh, but the Commanders have a really, really good defense. They're the worst matchup for running backs, seventh worst matchup for opposing wide receivers. In such a poor game environment overall, remember the total in this game is super low. I'd play Williams if you need to. I kind of have to this week in one of my leagues. Uh, Sutton, if you need to in the flex, I kind of have to in one of my leagues. But I'm not excited about either one of them this week. Final 4 o'clock game is going to be Jets at Cowboys. This one opened at a 49-point total. Then we see Aaron Rodgers get injured down to a 39.5-point total, mostly on the Cowboys side as they are 9.5-point home favorites. For the Jets, it is going to be ugly most weeks with Zach Wilson at quarterback. That is especially true this week playing at Dallas. Uh, Garrett Wilson is honestly the only one I'd feel okay about, and he's just a flex option this week. It is a horrific matchup for the running backs. And yet, they're going to have to use them, right? Because they don't trust Zach Wilson. So they're going to have a very, very negative pass rate over expectation. Like when you when you do out the math, basically, they're going to be more run heavy than you would expect them to be because they don't trust Wilson and they trust the running backs. But it's a bad matchup for the running backs. They're probably going to be losing. So it's just a really, really bad spot for them. Uh, again, only Garrett Wilson. I would play him and he's the only one I'd play. If you have to play Brees Hall or Cook, it's fine. But don't expect a lot. For the Cowboys, uh, not all sunshine for them. I know that they are huge favorites, but the Jets just took down the Bills. Like, that's their defense. That was not Zach Wilson. The Jets beat the Bills because their defense is so good. Pollard Lamb still must starts, but no one else is really that good of a play. Ideally, you're only playing those two this week. Sunday night game is going to be Dolphins at Patriots. 46.5 point total. Dolphins are only 2.5 point road favorites. For the Dolphins, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, 
must starts while Tua is a strong start and Mostert is like an okay start. Um, as we said last week with the Eagles, at New England, just a tough place to play. It's also a divisional matchup that makes it even more difficult. Uh, we know divisional teams just know each other, and so we often just see defenses perform better in those spots. So again, play Tyreek Hill, play Waddle. Two is my quarterback nine, so you're probably playing him as well. And then Mostert, fine. I think the touches will be there, but I'm much less interested in him this week. He didn't even do that great in a good matchup last week, bad matchup this week. Honestly, I probably would just bench Mostert. For the Patriots, uh, Stevenson is probably the only one that I would start. Bourne looked great last week, but they also threw the ball 54 times. That's not going to happen every week. Most weeks will be in that like 30, 32, 36 sort of range. I want to see what happens to this offense when they're in that range. And so play Stevenson. I probably keep all their Patriots on the bench. I want to see also the Patriots commit to using Kendrick Bourne two weeks in a row. He's had spikes like this in the past. He looked like their best receiver last Sunday. But then the next week, he'll go out there and have one target. And so I want to see them target him back-to-back weeks for starting. The first of two Monday night games is going to be Saints at Panthers. This one has a 40-point total. Saints are three-point road favorites. For the Saints, um, I'm excited about this offense because of how it consolidated it is. Like most of the volume is flowing through Olave, Michael Thomas, Shahid, and Juwan Johnson, who are all players I think are talented. I think of a lot of fantasy upside. This week, Olave is the only must start, but I will say Michael Thomas, Shahid, totally fine using them in the flex. Jawan, he's my tight end 14, totally fine streaming him as well. Honestly, I would find be fine with any one of them, even in a low total game, because they're all very talented and all the targets and touches on this offense are flowing through them. You can add Jamal Williams in there as well. He's a very strong play. Um, I know we talked about him last week being like, look, the volume's going to be there. The snap's going to be there, but the Titans are a terrible matchup for running backs and he's disappointed. Don't lose too much faith this week. Um, the matchup is much better. Assuming Kendra Miller misses, I think you're definitely playing Jamal Williams. And even if Kendrick comes back, I don't think he's going to have that many snaps in his first week back off injury. For the Panthers, uh, Miles Sanders wasn't great in week one, and he only played 57% of the snaps. But it's the volume. 18 carries, 6 targets. That's elite usage. Um, Saints are historically a very difficult matchup for running backs. But I don't think you can bench Sanders given he just had you know 24 opportunities. Like No matter what the matchup is, anyone getting that much volume at the running back position needs to be started. Um, so while the touches stick, keep playing him. And I wouldn't play anyone else. Um, Hayden Hurst had a good game, but eh, I'm not very excited about him. Uh, not a good matchup for him either. And then Mingo, love him long term uh, for now. Again, I, I think it'll only be Miles Sanders. Final game of the week will be Browns at Steelers, low 39.5 point total. Browns, two and a half point road favorites. For the Browns, Chubb is the only must start. Um, Amari, Elijah Moore, pretty decent plays in the flex. It's a bad matchup, though, on the road against a very, very strong Steelers defense. Um, Cooper and Moore are players I like. They have good roles. They can overcome the matchup. I don't think you need to start them. I would just be fine. Like, if you had to play them in the flex, totally fine with it. I don't think either of them must plays. Um, I'd also be fine streaming David Njoku. Results were not there in week one, but I believe in his role in this offense. I think he's going to have a decent season. I'd be fine playing him. But again, it's the Steelers. We don't really want to be playing a ton of people against the Steelers. I know the 49ers made him look silly last week, but that's the 49ers. Uh, I don't think the Browns are going to do that this week. For the Steelers, um, 
running backs are they just have a much better matchup than the wide receivers um you might not think it right but the browns are actually a very difficult matchup for wide receivers problem is Najee's not that good and i think warren's good but he's not going to have a super big role so low end running back two for Najee. i do think you play him if you drafted him um warren more of a running back three Probably not something you need to go to right now with no bye weeks yet. Um, the Deontay injury is going to open things up for the wide receivers. But as I said, difficult matchup for the wide receivers. Um, honestly, Pickens is the only one that grades out as a very good play. Only the wide receiver 33. So in that general range as Amari Cooper, as Elijah Moore, totally fine in the flex, but not a must start. Uh, and then Pat Fryermuth also grades out as my tight end 12. So Really just depends what you have there. Same as last week, honestly, with Pat. Like, you're not dropping uh, someone for, like, a tight end to play over Pat. That would make no sense. Projections would be basically the same. But it's not a good enough spot where I'm expecting him to have a great game. I think he's honestly just fine. So, if you watched this far, be sure to leave a like. It really helps me out. And if you want to see my exact rankings and projections for all players, especially as we get more news throughout the week, which we always will, there are situations we're kind of waiting on news for. I'll adjust the projections according to what news comes out. And as always, you can see that on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. So that'll do it for this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, hop behind the like button, hop subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.